Welcome to Excel Radio with Dr. Nick Zarowski, where we talk with world-class entrepreneurs, executives, and health experts who have unlocked the secrets to Excel Health and performance. So Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us on Excel Radio. Thanks so much for having me, Nick. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm always looking for ways to improve my lifestyle, increase my productivity, manage my own energy. And I really have this dialed in from many angles when it comes from a health perspective, right? Um, But the one thing I was totally unaware of is how your space can affect this. I was really blown away after speaking with you and I had no idea how your space can really just impact how you feel and think and act and your productivity on a daily basis. And it's really a huge factor that you taught me. You know, since you've given me this information, I've really just been stunned by this. And I wanted to share this information with the people who listen to this radio show. So Jennifer, could you tell us you know, who you are, what's your background, what you do for your clients, and also um, you know, just give the listeners an understanding of, of how big of an impact uh, designing and what you do has on people's life. Absolutely. Well, thank you for um, for saying that. And I'm really glad that I was able to move the needle a little bit for you in terms of um, this learning curve, because yes, I am uh, an interior designer by trade, uh, extremely passionate about this process. And, you know, it all began for me uh, many years ago, too many to count. Um, but I did start uh, in an odd manner. I was a nurse. Um, I realized very early on that I loved psychology and that I had just enough to be dangerous. And when I went through the nursing program, um, I quickly um, started to feel that this likely wasn't going to be long term for me. So when I was in the nursing program, I would just say that energetically, um, it just wasn't a fit for me per se. So it was a union environment, it was a hospital. um, And I just knew that it was a little bit stifling and that I definitely needed to pursue other options and have a little bit of fun in my life and, um, you know, enjoy my career a little bit more. And it didn't seem like that was going to be the way that this path was going to throw down. So Mm -hmm. I went back to school on a part-time basis and started with some design courses. And uh, it wasn't long before I was able to fall in love with, um, you know, a new career choice. It wasn't long before I had given up my scrubs and decided that I was going to actually be uh, a full-time entrepreneur. So I I'd fallen into it, so to speak. Um, and I just really, really became quite passionate about understanding the crux of what makes people tick. Um, and figuring out a way that I could use, you know, one of my gifts um, to help move the needle for people within their space and create an environment that they can thrive and love and enjoy um, far beyond just the aesthetic components of it. You know, this has a huge impact on your energy levels. As you were explaining to me before, it can really enhance your energy. It can kill your energy. Can you go into that a little bit? Absolutely. So I I think the biggest thing is most people just don't realize um, what 
triggers you unconsciously. And so there's a lot of parallels between how you feel and what you desire, what brings you happiness and joy, and in turn, what is surrounding you that potentially could cause some negative chatter. And so, you know, the best example that I can give you of that is, you know, consider um, an experience in your life where you've had a really wonderful time. You're surrounded by amazing people. You know, let's say you're, you're on vacation, you're on a beach somewhere, you're all having drinks, you're sharing stories, you're laughing. You can think of that moment. You could think of those people. You can, you can almost channel that from your memory bank, if you will. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, if you really want to kind of pinpoint some things, you know, in terms of, of bringing that experience back, you can say, okay, well, what was it about that? Uh, you know, that area, that moment in time, the things that I loved, you know, yes, of course, it's the people, it's always the the energy exchange that is going to be really helpful. But when you don't have that, and you are, uh, you know, whether you're living alone, or whether you're you're working in an office somewhat independently, you want to be able to reflect on those things and, and figure out for yourself what uh, some of the trigger points were that made it feel so good. So if you're by a beach, is it you know, the water? Is it the sound of the water? Are you more auditory? Is it the color palette of being in the beach? Is it the ability to be feeling more calm in more of a sanctuary space? Um, and or the opposite, when you're thinking of something that makes you feel uncomfortable, for me, <laughs> and you'll laugh, um, you know, being in the healthcare industry, you know the color of hospital green, we're all really familiar with it. It's that oh, really I can't stand it. <laughs> exactly. It is a complete, what I call repellent for me. So if I walk into any space and it has hospital green, I have an absolute visceral effect of being, you know, 18 years old, ponytail, scrubs, um, you know, scared to death being a student and just standing there in awe of everything that's happening around me. And it doesn't create great positive memories. And so, you know, I always used to think, even way back then, it's so interesting how you you tend to fall into a career that is, um, you know, kind of exactly as it should be. When I think back, that color had bothered me for so many years, and I was never able to articulate or kind of verbalize, you know, part of the reason why the hospital setting bothered me so much. There was a multitude of reasons, but one of the reasons that I can remember thinking, you know, literally 20 some odd years ago was, how on earth is anyone going to get better here? You know, right. I, I I literally reflected on that um, quite regularly, thinking it's no wonder people don't want to get out of bed. It's depressing. I can't even work here. Right. So, you know, when you when you look at that lens and you transform that um, in a different manner and take a certain level of learning in terms of the psychology and the nursing and the bedside manner, and then how to apply that to design, it kind of ends up being a little bit of a unique niche because I tend to look a little bit more holistically at people and what their needs are versus what they tell me it is that they actually want. Right. And that's pretty interesting, like how much your nursing background has been able to play into how you design today then. You know what? 
It's so funny. I, as you know, you know, we're both uh, of Polish descent. So I grew up going to Catholic school and, and have European parents. And so the philosophy was very much, uh, you know, get a real job. You know, you're going to be a serving artist. Creatives are great, but, you know, it doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. Um, it's be responsible and, you know, get a government job and you're going to be secure. Um, so I was not encouraged in any way whatsoever to pursue this. And, um, it, it's just really interesting because it really did find me. And I feel like the nursing education, funnily enough, actually gave me so much more in the way of knowledge and learning and understanding of people and, you know, just the humanity of it all and the the actual underlying psychology of why we do what we do and why various things are important that actually propels me so much more um, ahead in the design world because I, I get people. And sometimes people aren't able to articulate what it is that they want in design because they're not so creative and they don't, they don't know what to share. A lot of times people will say to me, I know what I don't like. Um, so, you know, they tend to start with the negative and right, they right. can't necessarily verbalize hey, I love this, or I love this, or, you know, they're pretty easygoing, and they like lots of things, but they don't really know how to zone in on what speaks to them, and what moves them in a certain way. So, you know, I have a pretty cool way of getting to, you know, the crux of, of questions that people think are, you know, maybe a little bit odd, or are not necessarily comfortable in answering. But when people share experiences with me, when people share a little bit about their life and their family and their history and and um, a lot of the things that bring them great passion. There's so much uh, psychology underlying that that drives those choices that inevitably I can use and, and play into the interior design within their home and recapture that experientially so that they can feel great in that space day in, day out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, back to the, uh, you know, I don't want to go off on a rabbit trail, but back to the healthcare and the green, it's kind of funny because in the midst of opening my office, like people like at, at this point, because of, you know, let's say the green in the hospital, there's certain things when it comes to healthcare you don't ever do. And that's put like green in your office. Right. And so like, as I'm like putting my office together, it's kind of funny how like so many people are like, oh, yeah, and you could paint the walls green and you can do this. And I'm like, no, the walls will not be green. We are all scarred. Yes, absolutely. And it, it's it's the irony of, of also, you know, how f much further this study of design and, and, and relativity to the psychology has really become, um, you know, studies are done from a marketing and advertising um, standpoint as well. You know, what, what signage draws the most attention? What uh, right, website right. colors, uh, you know, kind of gravitate to a certain audience? And so this stuff is real. And when uh, people use it on more of a mainstream basis or, you know, on a center stage when it's regarding like a movie or a commercial or something that's more related to advertising. I think that the mainstream, um, you know, society doesn't still really tie it into how it relates to them. And it's like, oh, that relates to you. You just don't realize how. And so, you know, thankfully, with my little bit of, um, you know, nursing kind of undergrad, I was able to, you know, connect these dots and tie it into one little package so that 
I can hopefully give people, um, you know, a little bit of a, a lifestyle shift by also understanding the impact of what this does, both positively and negatively. And, you know, you can apply this, obviously, in your office, um, in your home, you know, in your cottage, anywhere. Um, and I think it's really important for people to pass on the information as well, because, you know, when you think about how you lived in a dorm room when you went to school, um, I, I chuckle because you would not know that there was a designer that lived within me at that point in my career. And, right. you know, it's interesting because when I look back now, I'm like, oh my goodness, like I had to expel 10 times the amount of energy to do, do well and to get great grades. And right. when I actually think about the shifts that I could have made, that would have made things so much easier for me. Um, you know, I just want to scream this message out to the world because there are little small things that you can do that can really move the needle quite exponentially. You know, it's just one of those crazy simple things that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And once you know, you can't unknow. So, you know, I just like to share it and, um, you know, move the needle for other people like I did for you. Right. And, and you bring up a really good point. So, you know, you talk about bringing this into your home, into your workplace, and people literally spend an incredible amount of time in the workplace or in home. I mean, that's where you most average individuals live in, in the home or the workplace, you know, and that's about it. And so in order to set you yourself up for a success on a daily basis, you know, the productivity and, and, you know, high energy and all that, can you share with the listeners how deep this actually goes far, far beyond just looks and aesthetics? Oh, absolutely. I would be honored to do that. Um, okay. So basically, Design gets a little bit of a bad rap. It, it often, for a lot of people, they think it's, you know, it's house vanity, for lack of a better description. They think it's a little frou-frou. Uh, I can tend to be in a little bit of a snooty industry. Sometimes people think that, you know, interior design is, um, you know, a little bit unreachable or it's expensive. And that is not at all the case. And so right, what... Right. I like to do for people getting back to you know the kind of the commercial side and and um, and the side of how it applies to your offices is really kind of explain the parallels between being in alignment. So my business as such is that I do a lot of luxury residential. However, it doesn't matter what price point that these tips are reflected upon. So if someone is doing it themselves, they can apply these various things to their own application. This isn't about, you know, using a designer and having to have someone actually influence you in this way. This is about just knowing what the steps are and then understanding being self-aware and then applying them yourself. So when we're talking about alignment from a corporation standpoint, I'll share with you a little story, uh, and this is pretty common in my practice. So um, I went into a corporate setting, and I asked all the questions that I normally ask, and it's interesting because, again, the, the Venus and Mars is, is often in play. I would say that 90% of the people that call me are women. Um, right. I would say that 80% of who I work with are actually couples, but the women usually kind of drive the decision and or the need to call. And it's fairly irregular that I get uh, called out by a gentleman of sorts. 
However, uh, in this particular case, I had met him through another mastermind event and he liked what I had to say and thought it was important that I come and take a look at his space and, and see what's going on there. And, uh, you know, he was interested more in the productivity side, right? Which we all are. Everyone wants yes. to be more productive and happier at work. Who doesn't? So I went and I had an opportunity to chat with him. I sent some questions beforehand and um, true to form, most of the questions were not filled out. Um, I got some pictures back that said, come on over and see. Um, I got some information that said, this is what I'm looking for. This is what inspired me, which is um, a little bit more than I often get from the, the male side of things. And so what was, what was interesting to me, and this is not to be, you know, this is not a, a sexist comment by any means. It's just, it's, I always find it interesting how we are wired so differently, again, from a psychology standpoint, right, who, right. who sees value in this and then who, who connects emotionally and then who connect, connects tangibly. Because often the men are all about the productivity and the women are all about how it makes you feel. So, you know, whatever moves you, this is important either way. But the interesting part about the commercial space was here it is a business. And I was, um, it was shared with me that uh, they were interested in having a really great culture. They wanted to create a super fun space. That was the word that was used, fun. Okay. okay. Um, they, they used uh, various references of, you know, fun IT companies. So like a Google office or, um, you know, some other think tank uh, technology companies, etc. And so when I look up the images of those types of companies, yes, they are really fun and they have a really... Um, unique message. And so when I went to see the space, uh, it was, I would say that they, tr they tried to kind of mimic some of that look um, and, you know, influence the design with that perspective, which I think that's great. That's amazing. That's what, um, it's a real compliment to have any design kind of, uh, you know, knocked off or, or influenced in another way to, to create another design that makes someone else really happy. So that's fabulous. Now, here's the challenge is um, what had happened here was the business itself um, is, uh, how would I say it? It is a online business. So it is technology of sorts, but not in the same way that like a Google or a Facebook or, you know, kind of more enterprise like. Um, and they are a seller of holistic health products. So I don't know about you, but just, you know, at that quick kind of parallel, you're like, okay, super fun culture, Google, um, you know, enterprise. And then, yeah. you know, amazing company, which I'm sure that the owners and the participants are really fun. Um, however, a little bit out of alignment with their products, with the with the core value of the company, with the way that they are going to market, and then the way that the office appears. So at a glance for me, one of the things that, that came to mind was, you know, I don't think, so first of all, I don't think either is wrong. I think both of them are great. I just think that part of the reason why there was turmoil, if you will, why someone would call someone like me in is because something is not feeling right. right. And so when you can be more self-aware and when you can um, be in tune with what those feelings, uh, you know, start to say to you, um, then you know that something needs to be rectified, but you don't quite know why. And so that's typically when I'm called in. So... At this particular point, I said, okay, so 
tell me what fun looks like to you verbally. Like just, just share with me and articulate in words or, or meaning kind of what, what fun looks like to you. Now do the same thing about your business and see if any of the words align. Right. And, and, you know, take a look at the space and say, is there anything here that is, you know, that is bothersome to you? And so in other words, you know, what, what solutions do we need to come up with that has an impact on the design and has an impact on the messaging? And so one of the things which was interesting to me was, you know, in a Google space, you might not be familiar, but in a Google space, everything's very glass. It's very bright. All the natural light comes in. They use lots of loud, you know, I'll call them Crayola colors, primary colors. And you can like, it's kind of like being in a bubble where you can see everything going on. It's, it's very interactive and they've got, you know, lots of cool different areas where people can do yoga. Then they've got another space where they can go and sit and lounge, another space where, you know, is, is various workspaces, et cetera. And so it's meant to be um, very creative. So you can just get up and go co-create in another area. It's not a typical cubicle desk space kind of environment. Okay. Then you've got, um, you know, amongst all this glass, you've got various colors, et cetera. So now in this office, they have, like I said, they had mimicked some of the glass. They had mimicked some of the, you know, the fun, inspirational, fiery colors. And then the value system of the company itself was a little bit more holistic. It was wellness. It was spa sanctuary. Um, it was all about feeling well and growth and evolution. And so, you know, the first thing that you can go to really ultimately is, is color palette. And so right there, the color palette, complete unalignment, right. <laughs> complete. Um, and so that's just, just the first um, tip of the iceberg. And then the other pieces were, okay, well, you know, I get that culture is wonderful and I get that you want things to be fun, but what does fun mean in a spa-like setting? Okay. Right? And so it doesn't mean that you know, where you were going is incorrect. It just means that you need to apply it to your own situation so that when you're working and you're, you're creating this, um, you know, marketing message design, outward visual bulletin board, if you will, that your message of what you sell and what you speak and how you are in that space is congruent with each other. Right, so ultimately you want alignment between your employees, your corporate culture, um, and you know, what your business stands for, and you know, just you want everything to align very well so that there's not, uh, I mean, you're really not like <laughs> distorting your message in any way, I guess you'd say. Yeah, you're 100% correct. And I, and I think the big thing is is that you, you can imagine the psychology of the mixed messages that are happening when someone is in the midst of building a business, right. you know, reflecting on another business that they know is uber successful, and then reflecting on the success that they want within their own business, how it's easy to kind of go, hey, I want it to look like that, right? And oh, so yeah. my whole thing is you want it to look like you. You want it to be a reflection of the very core of who you are, what moves you every day when you go in. And so 
for me personally, and I don't want to speak for this this particular person, but for me personally, if I'm walking into a space that I feel does not align with me, so you know, I can use the hospital as a great example because the hospital didn't align with me in any way, shape, or form. And so at that time in my life, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I always knew that there was this kind of block that it wasn't great for me to be there. And so when you walk through the door every day and you have that block, your productivity level is just that much harder. It's almost like having, you know, kind of, um, you know, heavy boots on. So, you you know, the steps that you're trying to take are just that much more difficult and you can't quite understand why. Whereas as soon as I started throwing down some information about who I felt that they were through my lens and what what I see from, you know, and I, I'm not a marketer and an advertiser by any stretch of the imagination, but being an entrepreneur for 17 years, I certainly know a little bit about that space. And so one of the best questions that I was ever asked by anyone, which I thought was just the most brilliant question, was what do you fight for that nobody else necessarily knows about? And so I asked them that question because I was really kind of just blown away by that question when someone asked me. And I know what I fight for. I, I fight for people to understand the psychology of great design that is going on far beyond the, the aesthetic, right? And so that is okay. my you know, soapbox, if you will. And so I wanted to know what they fight for. And what you're fighting for is what you need to align with more so than anything. And if you are fighting for wholeness, if you're fighting for, you know, that peace, that wellness, that, um, you know, that healthcare space that is a stepping stone for other people, then the space that you live and work in to fight for that message every day has to be fully aligned with that. Okay, and so okay. that when you can't go in and you, you know, you're working in this space every day, not only does your does the visual appeal to you, but the underlying tone of that message is quite literally sending out information vibrationally to all of the people that are working there. So if the one person who is running the company is you know a little bit disconnected from the initial vision to the to the um, current vision, then you can imagine that you know, it stacks right down from the top, that the employees are a little bit confused and, um, you know, they might not even understand it. And so when you can give them something tangible so that they can understand where you're moving, where you're going, why this is important, and give them clarity from a visual perspective, um, I can't even tell you the mountains that get moved because a lot of times people assume if they are not visual people and they don't understand that complexity that, you know, it must not be relevant to other people. And yes, a lot of people are kinesthetic. A lot of people are, you know, very auditory, but the majority are visual. The greater percentage are visual. Okay. And so if you can connect the dots for other people, I really believe that the productivity will absolutely soar because of it. Awesome. Yeah, that's really incredible. So, you know, <clears throat> this information, I mean, we've all been in places that just skyrockets our energy and we don't know why sometimes. And then we've been in places that just makes you want to fall asleep and you also don't know why. So 
for many people, this could be their office. For many people, this could be their home all the time. So, you know, what are some of the things that are really important in order to um, boost your energy and, and, and maybe even get, get rid of some of the things that are draining your energy? What are some of the, what are some of the major things to look for? Sure. Um, well, I'll, I'm going to start with the positive because the negative ones are always easy to find and, and people probably already know the answer if they're hearing this podcast as they're thinking to themselves, oh my gosh, I have to get rid of grandma's chair that I've been saying that I hate that chair for the last time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you hate something, it needs to go. You don't need to look at that every day. So um, we'll start with the good stuff. So, um, you know, one of the, one of the quickest uh, easiest things that people can change and change on their own that they don't require a designer by any means is What's your favorite color? So if something is your favorite and you love it, it is important to you. And so, you know, when we're talking about a private space, um, like an office and or, uh, you know, whatever, whether it's a meditation room, whether it's your own bedroom, whether you're, you know, a roommate in a house, whether or not, you know, you live husband and wife, um, it's important to, to get an understanding of, of um, I should, I should uh, sorry, I just want to um, step back for one sec because this is also really important and I don't want to forget is that, you know, you may have a favorite color. And so, of course, your lovely wife is part of your family unity combination. And so if your favorite color and her favorite color is polar opposite and you um, don't necessarily agree because that's what, you know, is the beauty of most marriages is that opposites attract and it's the yin and the yang. Um, you would never want to decorate or design a space around your favorite color when she has, you know, a, a repulsion to it. So what you need to do is kind of come together and, and figure out what, you know, a palette is that that means something to you experientially, perhaps from something that you share together. So whether or not it's a, you know, it's a color that you used within your wedding, whether or not it's a, a, a color of you know a beautiful room that you stayed in in Paris. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't matter where it comes from, but it's important that um, from a couple standpoint it's unified. And then from a from a single standpoint, you can really just kind of consider what what you know really just kind of pumps your tires. So for me, it, it seems like very common sense, and it's kind of funny. But one of my favorite colors is yellow. Now I know a lot of people hate that color, um, mm. and I can tell you that I I do not have my home saturated with it by any means because it's not a tolerable color for many. Um, but I really do love it. I wear it a lot and I can, you know, utilize it really nicely in varying accent pieces to give myself a little dose of it. And, uh, you know, just kind of cheer things up a little bit, if you will. So that's the first one, which is color because that's so easy for everybody. Okay. The second one is, you know, really just taking stock of your environment. So you're looking around and you're, you know, we're getting back to that inventory piece, right? So we're saying, okay, so within this space, you know, is there anything here that is not required? Um, if it's not required and it doesn't move you in some way, then it doesn't need to be there. So take, take stock of the room and say, okay, well, you know, what personal victories have I had, uh, you know, lately over the last year, over the last, you know, 18 months? You know, have I taken any time to celebrate them? Do I have anything that is tangible, whether it be a photo, whether it be, you know, a trophy, whether it be, um, you know, a uh, diploma or degree? Is there anything that I need to see and look at that when I take a quick glance at it, it will remind me of 
you know, overcoming that hurdle, it will, you know, it's a victory lap, so to speak. Um, you know, I know how hard I worked to earn that diploma, or I know how hard, um, you know, nursing school was, or I know how hard, um, you know, it was to run that marathon. And so, you know, I have in a shadow box, you know, a little bit of a, a trophy or a ribbon or something like that. Um, okay. and it, yeah, so I mean, just, looking at things that you love and trying to really kind of influence as much light in your life as you can. So things that you love and then also just looking at this space for natural light. Um, this one's totally not rocket science. It's just, it's one of those <laughs> funny things that I always feel like I need to mention that I would have thought before would have been so common sense. But if you are in a space let's say, you know, built in the last 25 or 30 years. Trends and design were really different then, so they didn't use a lot of pot lights. And in fact, for whatever reason, I, I can't explain why, but they, you know, my parents' generation were not light people. <laughs> so they, they often would only have one center fixture in a room, if at all. Sometimes rooms were only lit by lamps. Mm -hmm. uh, I personally, I can't even fathom this because I'm a person who needs a lot of light. And so, you know, just that self-awareness piece, when you're in a space and, you know, let's say you're renting or let's say, you know, you're renovating and, you, you know, you just moved into a property that's 25 or 30 years old, you know, assess it at different periods in the day and see how various rooms affect you. And if you're a person that needs to be, you know, kind of awoken at your best in the morning light, um, you want to make sure that you have a house either at the front of the house or the back of the house, depending on where the space is positioned. And you, you just want to be aware of those things because I couldn't tell you how depressing I would personally find it to be in a room or a space anywhere, you know, in darkness. I don't believe that we're meant to be in caves. And it's, you know, from the psychological aspect of it, be reminded that, um, you know, darkness is for sleep. So when people are chronically fatigued, um, I often ask them, what is your space like? Like, how, how, do you, how do you live at home? Do you have, you know, um, a lot of trees surrounding your property? Do you have a lot of windows? Do you have very much natural light? Do you have much, um, you know, secondary lighting sources? And so they often find the line of questioning quite odd, but there is a direct correlation. So if you right. don't, the dark, then you need to fix that. Right. Well, absolutely. And it can affect your cortisol levels and, and just whether you're tired or energetic all day. I know for me, having a lot of natural light is important for me to have energy. Like, I don't know how people work in a closed cubicle with no natural light. For me, natural light's pretty big. 100%. And, and the other thing is airflow. Like, you know, when, when you have a, when you have a, you know, the self-awareness piece that, you know, you need to get up and, and, you know, set your day so that you can walk around for 10 minutes. If you need to, you know, stand or sit, if you need to change position, if you need light, if you need fresh air, you know, you need to be able to have like an operable window. Like, you know, all of these various things, you know, may or may not seem design related, but ultimately, you know, design impacts people in such phenomenal ways that most people really aren't even aware of. I mean, in every facet that you go to, whether you're going into your doctor's office, whether or not you're going into an airport, whether or not you're going into a restaurant, there have been a lot of meaningful, thoughtful um, decisions made based on 
how people use that environment. Right. And so right. people really need to give that same amount of consideration to their own homes. And I, and I don't believe they're quite there yet. So it's more or less, you know, you're, <clears throat> your design basically is speaking to your unconscious. So you're really not aware of, in many cases, why it's draining you or why it's giving you energy, but it's speaking to your unconscious on a daily basis. 100%. I, you know, I th I'll give you a, a, a negative example. And I feel like that, that also kind of, um, you know, portrays an aha moment for most people. If you are a person who suffers with, you know, I'll call it pack ratting for lack of a better description. So, you know, you have lots of boxes, you can't seem to part with things. Um, you know, you have a lot of stuff that you can't get rid of. And you are, you know, essentially kind of, boarding yourself in your space. So let's hypothetically say that this is your master bedroom. So your master bedroom and your kitchen are generally the hubs of the house. They are the two areas that people spend the most amount of time in statistically. So when you are supposed to, you know, sleep eight hours and be in a restful state, when you go upstairs into your bedroom and you see things that cause you physical anxiety. It takes longer to fall asleep. When you fall asleep, you're probably falling asleep with some negative chatter saying, you know, I really need to address those boxes. I really need to, you know, tackle this, all the things that you procrastinated against or, you know, perhaps did not do. Um, and then you wake up and what is the first thing that greets you in the morning? Right? It's like, right. ah, this, this, you know, lack of productivity banner that is screaming at you to yes. change. And so there is no way that unconsciously, uh, you know, you are not taking in feedback from these various elements that are not necessarily sending you the right messages. Whereas, you know, when you can envision yourself waking up in a gorgeous hotel room in the lights of the Lumerie Hotel in Paris, um, you know, that is a very different spin to the same story. It's like, okay, I went to bed in the, you know, ultimate, um, you know, indulgence of all things luxury. And, yes. you know, I fell asleep like a baby in three seconds and I had the best sleep that I ever had. And when I woke up, I felt the best that I've ever felt because you go to bed feeling loved and cared for and snuggled in and comfortable and, you know, secure. And so there's a lot to be said about going to sleep without anxiety. It's another reason why, you know, this isn't design related, but it's another reason why a lot of, you know, self-help and self-awareness books will share with you to journal before you go to sleep. You know, be grateful, purge the ideas that you have in your mind and the things that you want to come up with throughout the night. Ask yourself a question so that while you're sleeping, you can come up with the answer. And then in the morning, um, I believe it's James Alcher's wife that talks about this a lot. And she had said, she says, you know, every morning, you know, scribe 10 ideas. And so, you know, when you want to get your juices flowing and you want to come up with this brilliance, you need to set the stage for the brilliance to begin. Yeah, and that's excellent. And I think that's very thought provoking too. I have another question for you because you know you back to you being part of healthcare, uh, you know, back in the day, and you were a nurse. Can you explain to me a little bit about how your design of your home or your workplace can either you know support 
maybe a health condition that you have or work against you and your health in a condition that you may have? 100%. Okay, yes, thank you for asking that because that is really important. That would be sad if we got off this call and did not address that. Right. Um, Okay, so the way that I look at my nursing background in design is very much um, just kind of thinking of triage, okay? So when you're in triage, you come in and you have to look at someone in one second and decide if what, you know, if you have to hear what they have to say or if just by one look at them, they need to go somewhere else. So, you know, design isn't curing cancer by any means. I'm not trying to make it uh, something that it isn't, but it is very much about what's the problem, what's the solution, and what is my intuition telling me. And so I think that if people can look at um, at that perspective from you know a healthcare lens, you can easily say to yourself, what do I need that gives me a feeling of wellness? You know, we talked about light. Light is a huge one. Um, what tools do you need in your toolbox to be proactive? You know, in the Eastern world, we, you know, really talk about maintaining good health and maximizing all of our opportunities. And in the Western world, we often look at, um, you know, ourselves as fixers, right? We, we medicate a problem. And so I like to look at your home as your inspiration. I like to get an understanding of what people need to thrive. And I also like to get an understanding of what elements they're reviewing from, you know, uh, a standpoint of things that are troublesome to them. So I ask things like, does anyone have any allergies? Does anyone have, uh, you know, any challenges with their vision? Does certain colors affect you in a negative way? Um, Does anyone have, you know, varying sight problems? Uh, You know, like, so when I'm asking things like that, they're thinking, what are you talking about? Like, just Mm -hmm. come in and give me some pretty pillows and, you know, call it a day. (laughs) So, you know, I always laugh because they do look at me like I have six heads. But the interesting part is as I go through it and I start to share with them the reason why I ask that and the reason, you know, that I ask about things that are very common and prevalent today. And I'll share with you this as well, something that I, I never mentioned to you earlier. Um, you know, I have a daughter that has, um, you know, some pretty severe ADHD. And, um, you know, I was a nurse. And of course, you know, uh, we're, we're in a society that loves all things medication. Um, and I'm not adverse to medication if someone needs it. So I don't need anyone emailing me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that out loud. Everyone makes a choice. Um, but I will tell you that, um, you know, we see a chiropractor here in Canada. Um, and we have tried every alternative method, including um, room design to help her um, manage this. And so when people share with me really openly things that they don't feel are necessarily relevant, I, I can easily and quickly purge the conversation as to what's relevant and what's not. But when someone shares with me that they have a child with ADHD or, you know, a child with autism or someone with really severe allergies or, you know, um, uh, you know, a father or father-in-law or, or someone in the family that is, um, you know, struggling with, with cancer of some sort. There are things that I can share that, um, you know, I can certainly really put into play that can be very tactical to help those things. So, you know, again, getting back to color and, you know, 
it sounds like color is the, is the, is the paramount of all things. And it, it certainly isn't. It's just the easiest thing to apply conversationally when people can do it themselves. Cause it's the quickest, fastest, cheapest. And so, you know, I'm not going to put yellow in my daughter's room. I'm not going to put red in my daughter's room. So when you do studies surrounding ADHD and the psychology and calmness and wellness, um, the color of choice is blue. And so, you know, a lot of people would be of the mindset, it's like, okay, well, I'd like to, you know, allow my children to choose their colors. Well, yes, and that is wonderful if, um, you know, there are no underlying kind of challenges, but you know, people do need to understand the impact of making the wrong choice in a bedroom. And so with my daughter, um, she had a terrible, terrible time with insomnia. And so when we had gone through, you know, very many natural avenues, etc., and then we decided to, um, you know, redo her room and really kind of take this full circle, um, the difference that it has made in her ability to soar is quite literally unfathomable. Like I can't, I can't even scream it from the mountaintops enough because this is a child that never slept from the day she was born. So Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, we made these changes now, again, you know, there are other needles that moved at the same time, you know, she's grown, she's a little bit older, she's a little bit more self-managed and, and, um, you know, we had made some strong dietary changes and some various other, you know, kind of health related choices as well. But the, bedroom color and the redecoration and the, um, you know, just kind of the organization even. So that's a design aspect that, you know, really kind of goes into play with how children with ADHD work. And so they have a severe lack of focus. And more often than not, there can be learning disabilities that are tied in with that. And so when you have a child with such um, challenges, you want to accommodate them so that they um, need less daily assistance. And so organization is really key for those children. So you want to have a closet that doesn't, you know, isn't filled with clutter, isn't everything kind of dumped in. You want to have a closet organizer. You want to have drawers that have labels. You want to have, you know, various things that can help them put things back and keep things in order so that they might not remember that, you know, their homework or their sweaters go in the top left drawer. But if it says sweaters, then you can, you know, constantly be reiterating and teaching and learning and building on that routine. So that is just, you know, one of the massive examples that I feel like it really helps from a healthcare perspective. Um, but there are really so many that apply that when you when you open up that door, Um, and just start to consider other options, the more you share with anyone in the industry, the more that they're basically going to be able to provide you. Yeah, that's awesome. That, and and that's, yeah, that's great information. I learned so much every time we talk. So, you know, there's, because we can't talk for about two more weeks straight, or maybe we could do like a part two episode, right? Um, You know, what, Um, could we do are we able to maybe get like a list of things that people can implement to change their space maybe a list of like 20 things we could add it to the new vision excel inner circle facebook group 100 percent. yes i would love to share that with you i have um, more documents than i can shake a stick at that you are welcome to if it is of any interest to anyone then by all means there's lots of things that you can do on your own for sure 
Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. And um, what is a way that people can learn more about what you do? Is there a website or an email? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have a website. It's it's jenniferbrowerdesign.com. Brower is spelled B-R-O-U-W-E-R. Um, I'll be honest with you, that is very much my luxury design you know, kind of website. It doesn't really speak to these types of things. I really feel like I'm better when I'm in front of someone and when they're looking for a various design service. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a, it's one of those things where it's not it's a little woo woo still. And so I feel like when I can share it and add the insight, then it's more helpful than having people read it. So it hasn't uh, it hasn't branched onto anything like that in the uh, on the website. But I am happy to have anyone email me with any questions and or information that they need. I am always open to a Skype call. I love nothing more than actually sharing this information with other designers if you know again we're, we're international I know you're in the states Nick and I'm here in Canada so um, you know sometimes it's just a matter of you wanting to know what the right questions that you can answer are so that you can hand it over to your own designer to um, have them apply it in in this kind of manner so most people you know they're, they're trained in design they're trained in, in people they're they have um, a, you know an excellent skill set and they are well equipped to to manage any of these things the health side of it really just comes from my nursing background but it's it's just a matter of if you overshare um, and you let them know kind of how you would like this applied and if they're not familiar then by all means um, you know I have lots of research on the correlations between you know the psychology of design and and the health Health aspects relating to design um, that I could share with them, and it's you know the the good thing about Google Google is it's only a click away. Yeah, absolutely, and thank you so much for being so generous with the listeners to help them out. Um, so here's what we'll do: is I'll get um, I'll get a list of some things that people can implement into their space in order to make it so it gives them more energy and productivity and and, and that sort of thing. And I'm super excited to implement this stuff into my own life because it's it's incredible information and like I said it's one of those things that I was very unaware of so uh, this is definitely new to me so like I get like I said once again we'll put this paper uh, I'll upload it to the new vision Excel inner circle Facebook group and uh, once again thank you so much Jennifer for sharing this incredible thought-provoking information with everyone Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure and a delight, and I would love to be on anytime rambling about all of the things that I love anytime. <laughs> Thank you. The pleasure was ours. If you want more information to multiply your health and simplify your lifestyle, visit our website at excelpodcast.com. Until next time, have an outstanding day.